And it is the Kerrville Small Business Network podcast, episode number 26. Yeah, we are already 26 Man. episodes deep into this podcast, and it keeps getting better and better. And it's really about to get a lot better because we have Casey Kovacs from Hill Country Distillers in with us. And we've had this one booked for, for a while now, ever since the Business Expo. Yeah. Uh, we've had it booked down at the Hill Country Youth Event Center, otherwise known as the Happy State Bank Expo Hall otherwise known as the Agmarn, the Agmarn. and uh, whatever other names have come and gone throughout the years of the place. Uh, that was a really good, good weekend. It was. Uh, it was very well attended. I was I was very pleased with the turnout that, that was there. Yeah, yeah, it was a good turnout and good networking, too. A lot of, a lot of local businesses were there for that. Yeah. Uh, we're here for Hill Country Distillers, though, today, and uh to talk to casey and kind of get their story of how they got it started and uh you know this is all about kerrville area business owners helping kerrville area business owners so uh you might hear something on here that can help your business and we've kind of learned since we've been doing this that almost every business has the same key points to it you know as far as as providing value to customers uh, follow through building relationships with customers you know we we find kind of the same points in in almost every business i don't know if there's been one business that it hasn't has there been john no it's it's so true mike we have businesses from all walks of you know every trade and they all share the same goals and um provide the same values well yeah i mean it it makes sense every business is well Hopefully they're trying to make a little bit of money, yeah, or, that's, that's, or, or keep people employed. You know, one or there. Maybe they're a, a, you know, maybe a not for profit or something like that. But typically they've got employees that you know they want to take care of. They want to provide a good product or service. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of commonalities between small businesses. Um, being dependable, you know, be open when you say you're going to be open. Yeah, that that's was, a big one. That was something we heard a lot, and by the way, we are in comfort. I mean, you know, but part of the whole, you know, we're part of the Kerrville Chamber and stuff yeah. because mm-hmm. yeah. we're all so close together. Um, but yeah, that that was one of the things that we got was be open when you say you're going to be open. Um, I guess a lot of small little mom and pop businesses, you know, they'd have it posted they would be open till seven or eight o'clock and. Well, if it was six and nobody had been in for a while, they'd just close and go home. But yeah, that's tough to build a business on if people well, don't find you dependable. You know, persistence and consistency yeah, are two big words that go a long way in building a, a business. And uh, you got to be reliable. You got to be there yep. if you're, if you're going to serve people. And uh, real quick, back to what you were saying about money. Yeah, nobody should ever be ashamed about wanting to make money. Mm-mm. And and people people I've seen people put put labels on people that oh they're greedy they're just in it for the money right. yeah well you know what when you make money you're able to help more people mm-hmm. exactly you're able to you know you're only going to be willing to lose money for so long you know because yeah. most people do lose money when you first start a business that first you six months rarely yeah. well it can be years <laughs> for a lot of businesses to actually make a profit um, so. But you're never going to get a job from a poor person. No. You think about it. Right. They're, they've got to have money from somewhere to pay you, to make payroll and 
provide the product to, you know, buy raw materials or whatever it is, um, you know, and you, a service like this, you have to have equipment to be able to record this and put it out. There's, oh, there's yeah, definitely you know, money involved yeah, in anything. Oh, especially in radio. There's such a high overhead in radio. You got the tower rent. You got the, the electricity bill. You got your rent for your business. Yeah. If you have multiple towers, you got multiple tower rents, multiple electric It's crazy electric that bills. air isn't free. Yeah, it's <laughs> not. Yeah. Air, air time yeah. ain't free. Yep. And uh, yeah, there's just so much that goes into radio. And I'm sure in your business, how, let, let's start with how did Hill Country Ooh, taxes? Taxes oh, is a big bet. Yeah. <laughs> and John, you're the you're kind of the question guy on this. I'll let you go ahead and and uh, and start with the questions. Well, on this one, Miss Casey, how did Hill Country Distillers start? I know y'all started in 2014. Um, how did y'all come about to be? Um, well, my husband and I had another business. We were in uh, construction materials that we manufactured. We're partners in a plant that was not in Texas. Um, anyway, that's another whole story. But anyway. Um, you know, we'd been in business for a long time with that and were, like a lot of people, uh, affected by the economy in different ways. You know, either um, new construction would be up and retrofitting stuff would be down or vice versa. Uh, or maybe there was a big storm, you know, hurricane that came through and really affected a big part of Texas. So that the, would affect our business and stuff and this was about four or five years after the the meltdown in 2008 by the way also which i'm sure if you're that in affected it, yeah we were in business yeah, wow. in 2008 yeah. and that was huge yeah there Housing was market crash. not a lot of new construction going on more retrofit but people were a lot tighter with their money because of all the uncertainty yeah and of course that affects lots of businesses so anyway over the years um you know i tell my husband so what are the real stable things that you can either invest in or go into business doing and of course that food something we all always need yeah everybody Shelter, needs food. you know yeah. well okay we're already kind of in the construction stuff but alcohol <laughs> people spend money on alcohol in good times and they spend money on alcohol in bad times yeah it's so a- that was just an idea that we'd tossed around but hadn't really tried to get into it i was thinking more from an investment point i don't know either buying stock or something like that Mm -hmm. and then um came upon some some friends that were investigating uh the distilling side and so started looking into it and we were originally going to be in a partnership and just be investors somebody else was going to do all this crazy work (laughs) Um, and so we kind of went down uh, i guess started kind of in 2013 uh late 2012 and you know on a handshake deal we started down the road bought a still got our logos and name and all that stuff and then the partnership kind of fell apart when it came down to putting things in writing and actually having a, a solid agreement and where it was going to be and all that stuff. So um, my husband and I just, you know, kind of sat back and stepped back from it, trying to figure out if we were going to go through with this on our own. Had this other, I had a, we had another business, you know, employees and everything. It's like, ah, can we do this? 
Um, and so, you know, we kind of let some other things end up making the decision for us. I mean, finding a location that we could afford and stuff, which ended up being great where we're, we're perfect, real happy perfect. where we're yeah. at in comfort. Yeah, it's perfect um, So that was one of the big factors that came out. And I've been real lucky to have a, a pretty stable um, workforce with us. Haven't had a lot of changeover as far as employees. And, you know, we passed our seven years of being open in July. So just really blessed and fortunate that I've had great people um, working for me that have just done a magnificent job. But um, it's a crazy business. I tell you that <laughs> it I is. Bet. It is a really difficult, highly regulated, highly taxed um as my husband likes to say well yeah we knew going in that uncle sam was going to be kind of a partner but yeah he's like your big partner that you just can't get rid of you can't buy him out he won't go away <laughs> he's there forever <laughs> a lot of regulation too huh a lot of regulation yes federal didn't, state yeah didn't that area just be it become legal to sell um alcohol no, we that are that that is a Kerr County precinct? that's a Kerr County precinct that goes into Center oh, okay. Point and all that that changed. So yeah, that and actually, yes, had that law not been in effect, our distillery probably would have been in that precinct. But yeah, they were talking we about I remember you telling yeah, me that you, it was you gonna be in Center Point. One seventy three area, right? No, it was gonna be in Center Point. Oh, in Center Point. Yeah. Okay. Um, but couldn't put it there. Well, we could have. But we wouldn't have been able to do very much, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. of the the restrictions that were in that precinct. So, that's one one reason why we ended up in comfort. But pretty happy where we ended up. Yeah, is comfort such an amazing little town? It I mean, is. It, it, is. it is. It's it's a hidden little jewel right now, but unfortunately, a lot of people are finding out about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you guys, which is, has a good and a bad side to it, you know. So, so you guys started there in 2014 in Comfort. And I remember because I was living in Comfort at the time. I was living oh. south of Comfort at the time. And I remember driving by and seeing, you know, Hill Country Distillers being set up and everything. And you guys started there. And what was your primary focus when you first started Hill Country Distillers? Well, our primary focus, we originally started out, all we were making was our prickly pear cactus uh, we were calling it moonshine then at our prickly pear and our jalapeno. Okay. And we started out calling both those products moonshine because they don't fall into a category of vodka or whiskey or, um, well, anything else. And that's the, the federal government has rules, a big rule book, um, about alcohol, what, things can be called in order to be a vodka it doesn't matter what you make it from can be black eyed peas or potatoes or carrots whatever you want to ferment it doesn't matter what you have to do is you have to distill and redistill and redistill until you get up to 190 proof and then in before you bottle it you add water and bring the proof back down to something you can you know tolerate um but that's the the key with vodka you have to in your process of distilling get to 190 proof we only distill one time in a pot 
a hundred percent copper pot still. So we can't get to that proof. Um, we only get to about 130 proof and, and then we, we have one product. We bottle at 102, which we still keep the moonshine name on. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, our regular prickly pear, uh, we now bottle at 80 and our jalapeno, we bottle at 80, but they are officially the federal government category they're in is specialty distilled spirit, which is basically other (laughs) (laughs) because you're not, you go through this uh, decision matrix of, well, you know, you don't get to 190 proof, so you're not vodka. It can't be a tequila because that has to be blue agave from Mexico has to be made in Mexico to be tequila. You can go through really? the exact same process in the U.S. Cannot call it tequila. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things is there's just all these wonderful rules how, about how alcohol. Much, without, without getting political, <laughs> how much do you think politics has been involved in these decisions? Or should I just not go there this morning? Well, as far as the federal government, yeah, there's um, there's definitely politics that are involved. That now some of these laws have, I mean, they're old. You know, yeah. they've those. I mean, a lot, have of, been a lot around. of money have. Uh, there's been a lot of lobbyists, I'm sure, in the oh, alcohol absolutely. business, and, oh, and they, yeah. they've persuaded people. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, to to make certain laws. Well, at one time, like it was, you weren't supposed to call anything bourbon unless it was made in Kentucky. And so you still have rules like that, like champagne, to really use the name word champagne on a product, has to be made in France. Wow. I bet so that there's, a lot there's all kinds of rules about, and they're typically either dictated by the ingredients or a process, specific process that you go through to make the product or the location. For instance, tequila in Mexico, champagne in France. Those are definitely political. I mean, like it's like we're carving out this spot. This is this is our stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and Makes nobody sense. else yeah. gets to use it. So, um, you know, but how long ago those rules were made, I, I couldn't tell you. Long time ago. It brings tax dollars to a certain <clears throat> area. You know, like Mexico tequila, you know. It's their brand. Yeah. That, yeah. It's I basically mean, branding, exclusive branding. Right. Exactly. For that country or region or territory. And now a lot, if you look at the wine industry, which I'm definitely no expert on, but they have their regions and areas where, um, you know, that like Sonoma and Napa and stuff that gives them i guess a certain amount of credibility from the get-go that these kind of product oh it came from sonoma grapes or napa you know yeah and so then there's an expectation level or whatever of how that product is going to be and so you know some of that goes into the spirits industry also um and then so there's the fed side then you get the state side because <laughs> then the states yeah. have their all their own rules. Every you got fifty states and gee, they're all fun, fun and games to deal with because they're all different. Texas, I would say, I would think would have some some more uh, less lenient laws than some of the other states around um, the country. <clears throat> well, and that 
again kind of goes back to why did we get into this when we did because the laws changed in texas in 2014 prior to that and um so you'll recognize the name tito and you know there were only a handful of distillers uh in business before 2014 um because prior to that 2014 you could not sell a cocktail in your tasting room and you could not sell a bottle directly to an individual you could give four half ounce sample tastes of your product to a person and that was it all the bottles everything that you bottled had to go to the distributor and then the distributor sold it to the liquor store and so the people would have to go to the liquor store and buy it. And now you're serving directly on In 2014, on site. they changed that to allow, you can still do those tasting, the, the tasting, the four, whatever, half ounce. And then, but you can serve cocktails and we can sell a limited number of bottles in our tasting room direct to a consumer. I can sell you 1500 milliliters so that's two 750 mil bottles per person per 30 days and then i have a 3000 gallon annual limit which no distiller in the state with a tasting room has gotten close to because of the two bottle limit nobody's got enough traffic coming through friday saturday yeah can't sell bottles on sunday so man there's so there, you talk just, about every regulation time you turn yeah. around you know yeah. and people contact us you know hey i'm having this event you know here can y'all donate alcohol to us or can i get your alcohol and and serve it there and so then i've got a list of questions i have to go through and ask them well does that location have a mixed beverage license because if they do they have to go buy it from the liquor store from the liquor store i can't provide it straight to them um yeah it's it's just loads of fun mm. and then and then taxes now did you did you know you're, you're that it was going to be like this when you first started the well you we knew what the rules were yeah you don't realize till you're operating in yeah in it and how handcuffed you know you're gonna be you, you just you know, till you're living it and, and dealing with it day in and day out, you don't realize how restrictive it is and how difficult it's going to make it for you to make a profit. So you were a business owner before you got into Hill Country Distillery. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I had employees. You know, I knew about all that stuff, payroll, and yeah. I actually did manufacturing. So, so we really yeah. thought, hey, you know, you buy these raw materials, you manufacture these products, and you sell them. You know, it's kind of basic, but Would you it's kind of way different. <laughs> Would you say there's more red tape now in, in, in the industry you're in? Well, oh, absolutely. Then construction materials, the the construction materials, you know, there were um, testing criteria, I guess you'd say, so that somebody, um, if somebody was going to write specifications for a building and here's the kind of materials they wanted on that building, um, we want it to meet these standards, you know. 
like a roof coating. We want it to meet this. They have ASTM standards. And so you send your product to a testing laboratory and tell them what tests you want run on it. And so it meets those standards. So so there's that criteria that you, you know, so people know, all right, if I buy this product, it's going to perform, you know, like this because mm-hmm. it's been tested. And so while that's not necessarily, well, I don't know if you call that regulatory, I mean, it, it's so people know what they're getting, you know, and they don't, I guess, get screwed or, you know, not get, <laughs> I don't know what the right way to say that. So, you know, we're used to There's things a like quality that. standard. Yeah. yeah. A quality yeah. standard. Like there I, you yeah. go. Okay. Yeah. A quality standard. What's so, your standard yeah. deviations and all that stuff? Your yeah. I, were you guys ISO certified or anything like we that? We were not. Our plant wasn't okay. ISO certified because it you know, just really wasn't big enough, you okay. know, to be in it. But yeah, I was very familiar with that. And the quality, yeah, so, all the quality yeah. specifications and standards and And, and so and, there were some know, people that, that you did. did not buy our product because we weren't ISO, you know, uh, certified. And so that's fine. You know, you get some, you don't get some business, right, you know, right. certain. So, yeah, you know. And there's, there's a huge expense to that also. And there's oh, a, yeah, that, there's a that lot that more. testing is not cheap, yeah, you know. Yeah, so, you got to have your internal auditors and your external auditor. I mean, everything has, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty wild, pretty, yeah. wow. pretty intensive to be ISO certified on top of it. Right. So what services does Hill Country Distillers provide? What does somebody expect when they walk through your doors? Well, we do tastings and tours. So uh, for $10, they get a shot glass with our logo on it. They get to taste um, several of our products. And when I say taste, some people that are real familiar with wine tastings, you know, that's that's a hefty. Now, with spirits, it's, it's a very small uh, taste, just enough that you, you know, get Feel an warm. idea of, yeah, yeah, warm, warms you up. Um, so just enough that you get the flavor and in the sense of the product, um, and then we'll we'd give tours so you can see, yeah, you know, because we do make everything on site. Wow! So they can we take them out into our distillery building and they can. We usually have you know some mash set up either our cactus or our jalapeno or both, so they can see them fermenting in the in the mash tanks. How long does that take? How long does the process take? We our process is a bit slow compared to some. Um, ours ferment for three weeks, right, right around twenty one days. Three now weeks. there are yeasts that you can get that um, call it speed up the fermentation. They're called turbo yeasts, but we tried them and we didn't care for the taste that the final product came out. Well, I mean you can shorten it your fermentation time to like five days but you lose the quality so if you're really cranking yeah you know if you're cranking out a lot of alcohol then you know maybe that's not but yeah we didn't care for how they tasted um uh, the yeast we use that's like our one trade secret we don't tell anybody um it comes from europe it's uh actually a champagne yeast because oh there's hundreds if not thousands of yeast you got beer yeast and wine yeast hundreds of each one of those and then vodka and champagne i mean there's just tons i didn't know that you can you spend months testing yeast 
And I bet there's so much that goes into finding that perfect flavor too. Well, and there's and, there there's another industry right there all by itself is is the yeast. I mean, we go to trade shows and there's companies that that's their business. You, I want to develop a new yeast. You know, I want a new product, and I want these kind of flavors, and they'll develop a yeast for you. That's wild. It, it is. I mean, yeah. it, there's, you know, it's it's like any other industry. When you start getting into the gory details of it, there's just like a whole nother language, a whole nother set of abbreviations you got to learn about stuff. Um, you know, it's just it's whole nother world. Specialized market. It's, it's all yeah. That's amazing. Um, so, uh, so we do. So we do the tasting and tour. You see everything there is about it. Um, our big storage tanks, how we bottle. You know, we're small by comparison. I mean, there's some distilleries smaller than us, um, but we hand bottle, we hand label. You know, we we do it all right there. I don't. You know, none of the big uh, rotating bottles and automated stuff you know we don't have any of that <laughs> it's bottle, all done by hand, hand labeled handmade and that's handmade and hand. that's a lot of work that goes into that too when you don't have those automation machines i, I used to work for a bottling company i used to work for record and keezer and i for five years i worked for we made lysol products spraying wash yeah lysol antibacterial or kitchen cleaner uh lime away all kinds of different products and i've worked on those automated machines yeah and you're able to crank out. I oh, mean, yeah. The the line that I ran uh, for the last year that I was there was the the little 35 count and 80 count wipes lines uh, line, and mm-hmm. it ran 300 containers per minute, 300 Whoa, cpm yeah. on that. I mean, it's just flying. You know, yeah. You're talking like 50, 60 cases a, a minute, right? Uh, six packs or twelve, you know, or nine packs on those. So I mean, that's just cranking those out. Right. When you're doing it by hand, that's a whole different story right there. I oh, mean, yeah. that's a lot of work that goes in into each bottle that comes out of Hill Country Distillers. So, you want to talk about regulation? So, you can get yeah. um, tapped by the feds or the state if you short fill your bottle or if you overfill your bottle or if your proof isn't. You, you can only deviate so much Yeah. because taxes are paid on your volumes and your proof so you could be screwing the state out of taxes or you could be screwing the consumer out of you know if you say it's 80 proof on the bottle but yet well it's really only 78 yeah yeah you know or it's 82 you can't do that either i mean so so you have to be right there you gotta be yeah and they can come in and check that at any time. They can do a bottle fill check or a proof check. And people wonder why, why is it so expensive? You know, they don't understand what goes behind the, what's behind the product, how much work, how many hours, and, and um, how much overhead you pay. And that goes for a lot of businesses too. Well, that's yeah. true. And that I mean, I have people, and it you know, and I I've have caught myself being guilty of it too when I've gone to visit other businesses or you know something and. You go in on Saturday, which is typically people's busiest day and yeah. all kinds of and industries. Retail, yeah. Yeah. And so people come in and they'll, you know, see we're busy, you know, people are buying bottles and they're drinking cocktails and they just assume, oh, you are making money yeah. hand over fist. It's like, yeah, you want to buy it? Yeah. 
paying, paying taxes. Would you hand like over to fist. take yeah. over all these headaches? Um, yeah. Well, insurance. Oh, I bet. I didn't yeah. think about you know, that. Yeah. Um, my building is basically a bomb. I have a hundreds of gallons of high proof alcohol in there. Whoa. You know. So building insurance. All the insurance on that. Yeah. And then your liability insurance not only for my employees but then if somebody comes in and drinks too much and goes and does something stupid that's so yeah. scary you know it's so, so scary and, you, and the other thing about like, that is you don't know how much somebody's drank before they've come in well that's where your tabc certification training comes into play that you're supposed to you know our bartenders yeah, how can you how can you really judge well, you everybody you, you know you can't mm-hmm. you can't judge i mean somebody might it's tough but people, that's that's our job you know is that we have to you know pay attention and i mean different know. people handle alcohol in different in different absolutely. ways absolutely even though and, even though tabc certification says that's not true <laughs> well, and some people have a tolerance to alcohol as well you know some people some people can handle a lot better because they have a much higher tolerance versus somebody that, you know, as me being a recovering alcoholic, a recovered alcoholic, you know, I haven't drank for almost 10 years. You, but, it would not be good for you to consume something. Yeah, but for, if I, if right. I, you know, you'd, you'd be able to tell right off the bat versus Probably. somebody that doesn't have the same. Well, I don't know. You're pretty goofy to begin with, so it <laughs> might be tough. Oh, there and is that. that. Yeah. And you know what? That can be a challenge. Yeah. Somebody can come in and they're just having a really good time. They're, yeah, they're, they're just fun. a really, you know, yeah. they're having fun. They're not inebriated you know yeah and yet if they're doing something really goofy you know we have to be careful it's like well are have you've already been drinking and you know so yeah that's that's a fun part but that's that's also one reason why we don't stay open late and that's smart i don't blame you yeah you know that's just that's not what we're not trying to be a bar you know we want people to enjoy our cocktails and so we want them to buy bottles and go home and make their make these cocktails at home safely you know mm-hmm. with your friends and stuff um that's what we want you know but you know the bar business that's a that's a whole nother business that you know not necessarily what we want to be in i would see a hard time you know being friendly and giving good customer service at the same time in my mind i'm worried about everything going on I'm worried about somebody drinking too much um you know, worried about everything yeah. that you have going and they on. they typically don't like it when you cut them off. I, They're not usually happy. <laughs> you worry about a bad review. Oh, I got cut oh, off. Yeah. I'm upset. I'm going to go to Google, you know? Yep. Fortunate. We've been really fortunate. We haven't had very many instances of that. And and I think part of that, again, is because we're not usually open late. That's brilliant to cl- kind of close early to make sure that that. <sighs> yeah. They say nothing good happens after midnight. No, well, <laughs> I was about yeah. to say that. You stole it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Um, but typically, when we've had somebody that we have had to challenge about, you know, we think you've had enough, and you know, we won't sell you anymore. And if they become belligerent and argumentative, we've usually got witnesses around mm-hmm. that. Then, if they go post something, say on Yelp or on our facebook page or something they were mistreated we've usually got some pretty good followers that go yeah no we were there and that was yeah so so that that's been pretty fortunate but it's again yeah there's one one more fun little thing you get to to deal with mm. 
But as far as our location and what people can expect, um, we do frequently have live music on like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, We've got a great uh, outdoor backyard area that we share with uh, Newsom Vineyards. It's It's next door to us, which we kind of refer to as the comfort backyard. And um, so people can... They can go next door and have wine if they want, or they can get a cocktail from us and sit outside and enjoy the weather um, and music. They can walk over to Highs over, yeah. over there on, get, on Water Street. Yeah, oh, yeah. Get some food or whatever, and we usually have a, a barbecue or is food that truck. High Street? It's High Street. It's High Street. That's yeah. right. Yeah, Water Street. But Highs Cafe is right, right behind on us. Highs, so. Yeah. 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 Or, and there's you're on Front Street, 723 Front Street. We, yeah, which is also Highway 27. So Yeah, that's yeah, it. People really, get confused. Yeah. Front Street. What do you mean Front Street? All right. It's Highway understand. 27. I, that's one thing I don't understand is why we have all these different street names. <laughs> you drive down, you drive through Kerrville, you got to go down. First, you're going through, you're on Highway 27, and then it turns into Memorial Boulevard, and then it turns into Broadway, and then it turns into Main Street, and then it turns into <laughs> Junction Highway, and then it turns back into 27 after that. Yeah. You well, know what the most common street well, which name block is? block are we in? Yeah. Yeah. The most common street name is Second Street. Really? Makes sense. I yeah. would have thought it was Main Street. Yeah. Well, First Street always gets changed into something else, like Washington or, you know, Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I learned that off of Big Bang Theory. Oh, okay. <laughs> the more you know, yeah. All right. So, Casey, uh, as a business owner who has owned multiple successful businesses, uh to anyone out there that's thinking about starting a business, what kind of advice would you want to give to them? Um, a lot of thorough research. And I know in the distilling business, we're, we're a pretty small group. Um, most of us, like I, I have people come in all the time telling me that they're going to get into the distilling business i, I usually say well can I, how much to, can i talk you out of it <laughs> and they they assume it's because i don't want the competition and that's not it at all um i'm happy to educate anybody tell them anything they want to know about that i know about this business and i certainly don't know everything um but I think you should search that out in any industry that you're looking at getting into. Um, you know, go talk to other people in the business. And if if you think they're not going to want to talk to you because of competition, maybe go to, you know, take a vacation to another city. You know, if, if you're thinking something's that local, you know, you're thinking about opening something in Kerrville, well, go to Dallas, you know, and visit stores or those kind of businesses there and ask a lot of questions um is there uh an association an industry like we have the texas distilled spirits association oh wow um there's the american craft spirits association you can go to the meetings you can uh go to trade shows and talk to people and learn a lot and so i would strongly encourage people to do that um then you get real life experience you know a lot of people will tell you well you know like in our industry i think some distillers would say i wish i hadn't gone out of state so quick you know to take my product out because there's a whole nother set of employees or you know 
education, you know, money spent to pioneer your product in that state. Um, Texas is a big state. I'm just trying to get get really good coverage in Texas. I'll be pretty darn happy. <laughs> um, so, you know, things like that, you know, how big do you really want to be? And, you know, almost every business that there is, your raw material costs your, are cheaper per unit the more volume you buy. So I've actually gone in with another distiller to buy bottles together so we to both get, get, a, cost. A, get yeah. a lower cost. Never. I've got warehouse space that I can store them. He didn't have space. So he that was his l- limitation was didn't have enough space to buy bottles to get a cheaper cost. So, you know, Search out things like that, corks, you know, thing, you know, figure it out. Labels, you can't, you know, because your labels unique to your product. But there's a whole lot of other stuff. Gosh, right now the tough thing is supply and demand. Everybody's having supply chain issue problems. So all over, and they're saying that that it's looking like it could get worse within the next couple weeks. Actually, yeah, that's that's something I would seriously, if I was looking into a a new business or something right now of course they're just going to be in the same boat with everybody i mean and it's really affecting distillers of all sizes right now that getting bottles getting corks getting labels printed i mean it's just nuts the things that we're all dealing with but we are all dealing with them you know, my, and that makes it a little bit easier that we're all dealing with the same issues, I guess. Yeah, except yeah. usually the big guys can snap up those raw materials before, before us little guys yeah, can, yeah. and the and the prices go up for us little guys. So it's it's putting a bigger squeeze on us, and then that gets passed on to the end consumer. Absolutely. And if the big guys are still getting the small prices, yeah, yeah. I can see how that can hurt. Yeah. Yep. It's a tough thing. You know, businesses, it, it, nobody said it was going to be easy. Mm-mm. That's true. Nobody said it was <laughs> going to be easy. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't get into it and find out, oh, well, this is way harder than I thought. <laughs> All right. We're, uh, we're, we usually cut it about 30 minutes. We're at about 38 minutes now. John, really? do you have anything else before we wrap I do have a question. Up? I don't want to drag it on Mike, but she, she hit on, um, Casey, you hit a point that really we haven't talked about in 26 episodes, and it's partnership. And uh, in, so I've had an experience with this and it's, you know, left a bad taste in my mouth and, you know, going to Thanksgiving and Christmas and especially partnering with family and Ooh, family. What, yeah. 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 <laughs> Never, ever. <laughs> you, know. Um, you know, my husband in our, you know, previous or the construction materials, my husband had um, a lot of his family involved in our business and it worked. I think. It works successfully when you have very clear cut, you know, your job is marketing, my job is production, you know, so you've got your boundaries and this is, this is what your job is. And, you know, I think that makes it a lot easier, you know, to go into, but, um, you know, like with my husband's family uh, members that were involved, you you have to you have to separate the two. You know, this is business, and the decisions I make are you know those are the business. And 
you can't let it carry over into your family. Yeah, it can stuff. get emotional. It can get, oh, and trust me, it, it has definitely happened, yeah. and we've dealt with it, and yeah, it wasn't fun. Um, so, yeah, some people just flat have that rule. They they don't mix the two, and business my, and family. That's my personal rule, and, I that, mean, that, that, and that might not that's work That's my personal rule, yeah. too, so <laughs> my husband, he's been pretty successful with it. I mean, if you think about it, you know your family, you know their work ethic, you know. Yes. So yeah. you usually know, if, you know, are they going to show up? Am I going to have to go drag them out of bed and show up every day? You know, that kind of thing. You'll yeah. usually know going in, if you're honest with yourself, you'll usually know going in. Usually. So, yeah, if you have yeah. some reservation, yeah, it's almost kind of like getting married. It's like, yeah, it if is. you don't you're know what you're getting, with that person. you know, it's yeah. like you, you should know what you're getting into because that person's not going to not going to change after right. after you get into business with them they're you know if if they don't show up on time now for things probably not going to show up on time when you go into business mm-hmm. with them so partnerships can definitely be challenging yeah it's made our relationship stronger with them um, you know what happened but it, it could have gone the other way completely and don't think my husband and i don't disagree on that oh yes <laughs> we do regularly but we let it go you know those are again those are business decisions if he doesn't agree with what i'm you know yeah we you know we have a little argument about it but i don't take it personally you know that that he doesn't agree with how i think this product should be marketed or you know you know when you're when you're married when you're married or doing life together when you're married with a business you're really doing life eternal together. life well, yeah i mean it's, <laughs> you know when you have money invested and yeah sometimes it's a substantial amount of money and yeah it it can it can be real challenging so that's why having things in writing definitely you know and people think well that's so formal for a family i no, that's business yeah, and that's good to. business to have things in writing and not just verbal and oh well i thought it was going to be well you know if you go back to that agreement it, that we have there printed out um that that helps mm-hmm. with a lot of clarification on issues not taking things personally too well yeah you you know hopefully name calling doesn't get involved (laughs) (laughs) and 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 like i say you know my husband and i we don't we don't go there but i'm like you stay over there and you do that and i stay over here and i do this and it works great it's when it's when we you know start stepping on each other that things can yeah yeah yeah. i can see that toes toes get stepped on and that's more than just business too that's in in life relationships yeah yeah big time yep all right casey. so uh very grateful casey thank you so much for making the oh, time to come in here guys. today this, and, and be on this is, podcast and yeah and uh anybody out there that's listening make sure you share this if you think somebody else out there can can benefit from listening to this uh it's on itunes it's on spotify it's on google podcasts and you can always get it at curveltnetwork.com so uh, that's going to go ahead and wrap up episode 26. You got anything you want to throw in there real quick, John? Thank you so much. You provided so much value to the podcast. Really. Oh, no. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we, we were very grateful and uh, also grateful to Jam Broadcasting for letting us use the Mike FM studio to do this podcast. Oh, thing. yeah. 
And uh, big shout out to Jam Broadcasting for that. And uh, more information about Jam Broadcasting at jambroadcasting.com. 94.3 Rev FM, 103.7 The Buck, and 99.1 Mike FM as well on your radio dial. All right. uh, Have a good one. We're going to do this again on Tuesday. So get ready for the next one. Episode number 27 to drop then.